Hello and welcome to the Friday, November 19th, 2021, pre-Thanksgiving edition of On Iowa Politics. This week, Reynolds popular but has sand in her gears, and Miller Meeks has financial disclosure problems. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And with me today are Tom Barton of the Quad City Times. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, James. Aaron Murphy, State House Bureau Chief for Lee Newspapers. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. And Gazette Opinion Editor Todd Dorman. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics wherever you find your podcast. First up today, Reynolds remains popular with voters. Another poll, another shot of good news for Governor Kim Reynolds, who, rumor has it, is gearing up to run for re-election. The Des Moines Register's Iowa poll found that 51% of Iowa voters approve of her performance in office, citing her handling of COVID-19, the economy, and schools and education. That is down from 53% in September, so either she's becoming less popular with voters or the ivermectin treatments aren't working for her supporters. The poll, which has a 3.4% margin of error, found 43% of Iowans disapprove of the job she's doing, a number that has held pretty steady in recent polls. Todd, uh, is this and the polls finding that 49% of Iowans think the state is on the right track? Good news for the governor who was underwater with voters as recently as March? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you always want to have you always want to be above 50 someplace before you run for re-election. Uh, right track, wrong track it lags behind her a little bit, which is kind of interesting. But uh, sure, I mean, she's in a strong position as she we assume will we'll seek re-election. And these polls confirm that she's got, you know, very heavy support among. Uh, Republicans, decent support among independents and almost no support among Democrats. So I guess that's a, you know, that's the, that's the world we live in. <laughs> Aaron, when you look at that dip in the governor's approval rating from 53 to 51%, and the fact that the poll has a 3.4% margin of error, should Democrats uh, take heart here? Um, the poll found that most voters haven't formed an opinion about uh, Deidre DeGere and Ross Smith, the declared Democratic candidates. Uh, so is there room for optimism? <laughs> ever, ever so slightly. I mean, I guess it's better to go that way than in the other direction if you're democrats at least they didn't go up two percentage points but that's obviously not a lot of movement and and not enough where um you know all of a sudden uh republicans would start having you know panic attacks to uh, to any degree so the, the needle has to move um a little more there and uh as you noted the the candidates that are in the race as of now um need to get out there and, and um, get their message to more people. And, and, uh, and, uh, and that'll come. I mean, we have time for that. Um, you know, we're almost a year away still from this thing. So, um, but, but no, it's not a, it's not a, a, you know, a ground shifting move in the polls by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we're talking about it, but I don't know that most Iowans are really paying much attention right. to the, the 2022 governor's race and especially a primary race, which is seven months away. Um, and I think we've all heard from some Democrats who aren't excited or confident in those uh, current candidates. Uh, State Auditor Rob Sand is frequently mentioned as a potential challenger to Reynolds. Um, although the assumption was that when he was elected in 2018, that the st- auditor's office was a stepping stone to higher office. Sand hasn't made 
uh, a move, at least so far, um, asking him about that this week. And he just said, um, it's a hard choice. Uh, so wait till he's governor. Yeah, (laughs) there'll be lots and lots of those. (laughs) Aaron, uh, whether he runs or not, sand continues to be a a thorn in Reynolds side. He released an audit audit, uh, accusing the governor of misusing $450,000 in federal funds, uh, coronavirus relief funds to pay salaries for staff members for three months last year and concealing it by uh, passing it through the Department of Homeland Security. he said it's not clear why she had to use the federal funds to pay those salaries. Um, but when you look at, you know, I was spent $12 billion in federal funds last year, including about $3 billion in uh, COVID pan, you know, COVID relief funds. Is 450000 a big deal? Should it be a big deal? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, when you're talking about such big numbers, it's easy to get, um, you know, uh, cynical about uh, something that, relatively speaking, is as small as $400,000. Now that's still $400,000. That's a lot of money. Um, and, and we shouldn't forget that. Um, and, and, and every dime of, of state money, of taxpayer money, should be used, uh, and federal money for that matter, should be used properly. Um, the, the governor's office maintains that it was proper use and that they had um, clearance from the federal treasury department um, they claim they're getting proof of that. Um, uh, doing my job, I've asked for proof of that too, and I'm, I'm still waiting on that. Um, but it, it, to, to your point, you know, kind of politically speaking, looking at this thing, um, it, it is kind of interesting. This isn't the first audit of, of this kind. He's he's um, issued reports on Medicaid, um, on, on uh, the workday contract. Um, safe to say the kind of reports that the previous auditor who was a Republican did not do and, and probably would not have done as well. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I think just based on history, that's, a, that's a safe assumption. So, so, uh, so, uh, the, the, the sand in, in, in the gears there is a, is a, a funny, but apt, um, um, description of, of how this auditor has been, uh, for this governor and you know you can be cynical and say well the only reason he's doing that is because he's thinking about running for governor and he's trying to put some dents in the armor um before he gets there using the official office to do that uh, you know so, someone else might say well hey this is this is what an auditor is supposed to do is is look into state operations and state finances and and, and find these things that are um being done incorrectly so it it, it, it is kind of an interesting situation I think the news to me was that there were 21 staffers in the governor's office. I didn't realize <laughs> there were that many people working in there. But, Todd, do you think this is going to matter to anybody other than the, the Democratic nominee? Well, I think, you know, it's not in, in and of itself, but as part of a larger picture. I mean, we had the situation where she misspent the $21 million on uh, on a computer system, the HR computer system. Uh, and you know, there's, and she seems to be, you know, sometimes more interested in in sort of patching holes in the budget with this money than helping people who are struggling through the pandemic. So, you know, she turned down ninety five million dollars for school surveillance testing, which it's turned out through the Delta variant that might have come in handy. 
uh, because, you know, a lot of parents and, and folks are kind of left in the dark as to what the actual situation is in their schools. We get emails that say, you know, six positive cases, but, you know, that's probably not all and who knows. So we're, you know, more information would have been nice. So that money probably could have been well spent. Uh, I think probably the, the bigger problem with this is that, uh, you know, we, we have this stuff crop up repeatedly that, you know, there's questions about how she's, you know, running the state and the legislature has absolute zero interest in even like having a hearing to bring anybody in to ask questions about this stuff. It's like, there's, there's no oversight at all. There's no, virtually no penalty for doing any of this stuff. So, I mean, Rob Sand is ambitious and he is, you know, you know, this is about politics to some extent, but he's also the only only person in state government that's actually calling her out on this stuff. So it's mm-hmm. in that way, it's, you know, a, a public service, I guess, that people otherwise we wouldn't, you know, who knows if we had a Republican auditor, we might not know about any of this. Although I guess it was, you know, Laura Bellin and who who broke this back in August and went through the public records and, and, and found the discrepancy where the spreadsheet was labeled one way and then labeled another way a, a little while later. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it fits into that maybe a larger theme that, uh, you know, the, the governor's office isn't, isn't, you know, a careful steward of this, of this federal money and, and that, uh, you know, Democrats will probably hammer on maybe on that theme. It, it almost seems swampy. <laughs> the rules don't apply to us is kind of the, you know, it seems like that's the problem. Mm. Because we control all the levers of power so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't, I mean, Republicans may not care about that, but I mean, there's probably some independent voters that are like, yeah, that's not how it's supposed to work. Tom, uh, the poll also found that the governor with an 88% approval rating among Republicans, um, which made her more popular than Senator Chuck Grassley and Senator Joni Ernst, who got approval ratings of 80% and 71% respectively. They're all Republicans. They all supported former President Donald Trump and received his support. And for the most part, they're all on the same page when it comes to the pandemic and the economy. Um, So why are their ratings lower than the governor's? Yeah, so according to one poll respondent interviewed by the Des Moines Register, um, she said that she likes Reynolds and the legislature uh, for many of the same reasons, but disapproves of Grassley's vote in support of a $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. And regarding Ernst, said that she doesn't believe the second term senator has accomplished much and that uh, she is, uh, quote, whatever she needs to be to get the votes, end quote. So I think that um, when it comes to Ernst and Grassley, um, it's um, it's a, a, a reaction that um, I think reflects um, a lot of Iowans and, and, and voters' concerns about just kind of um, – the, the fractured nature of, of Congress and um, the the partisan gridlock that we see there um, in and um, there's you know more wrangling over um, issues that you know while it may not have broad support among Republicans um, you know seems to have um, broad support among um, the rest of the nation, like with the um, infrastructure bill, um, you know, whereas compared to Iowa, like Todd said a bit earlier, 
um, Republicans run the table with their trifecta, right? They control the governor's office. They've got majorities in both the House and Senate. And so it makes it a lot easier for them to promote and, and pass their agenda. And so I, I think that um, uh, that's kind of what you're seeing in, in the polling there is that, um, you know, Republicans maybe are not as happy with um, members of Congress just because um, it's, it's it's harder to think, get things done there. And you've got to be... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I can't think. It's too early today. And I haven't had my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a a, a poll uh, found that while 62% of voters supported the bipartisan infrastructure package, only 30, 38% of Republicans liked it. And, and uh, that might explain uh, why Grassley's um, approval rating is lower than uh, Reynolds. It probably also explains why he went out of his way this week uh, on a call with Iowa reporters to defend his vote for the trillion dollar bipartisan package. Um, and, and maybe he needs to, because uh, according to Axios, uh, Senator Rick Scott, who heads the um, Republican Senate com- um, campaign committee, uh, told his colleagues uh, that top party donors are furious with the Republicans who voted for the, the infrastructure package. Um, and not only are these folks being skewered by former uh, President Donald Trump, but Scott said donors uh, complained that it was foolish for any member of the party to help deliver a win for President Biden. And, uh, I mean, Grassley sort of un, um, uh, unprompted uh, went through the whole reasoning behind voting for that package this week and listed off every uh, group almost down to every Iowan <laughs> who <laughs> who wanted him to support it, uh, uh, and it was it was sort of like, uh, uh, gee, Senator, we nobody is questioning your vote for that, but uh, thanks for the background. Um, yeah. So, so maybe he feels a need to, you know, explain his support and and uh, convince Republicans that uh, it was the right move. And that, that's a, just just to add on to that, James, real quick. It's such an interesting thing because you said, um, what was it, 38%, only 38% of Republicans liked it, which is a small number when you're thinking about support from within your own party, right? But if you think about it through a different viewpoint of what's the last thing that an all-democratic you know, cohort put together and passed that 38% of re- Republicans approved of, I mean, from that standpoint, it's a gigantic number. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I, I have to kind of question the. Well, I don't know. The polling could be right. I mean, that might be what people are telling the pollsters. But at the same time, I, I mean, Grassley makes a pretty strong argument that you know everybody, you know, all the the farm commodity groups, all the chambers of commerce, all the you know league of cities, counties, all these groups are supporting it, and then you have all sorts of sort of industry groups, uh, you know, that have supported this. Some of those folks are Republicans, and I'm guessing more than 38% of them are Republicans. Uh, and, and we all know from our reporting that people have been talking about the need for infrastructure for several years. Uh, so it doesn't seem that, I guess I'm wondering if, you know, everybody's been saying we need infrastructure, we need infrastructure, you know, infrastructure week, you, you know, we've talked about for five years or whatever now. Um, but th- when a pollster says, do you like this package? Republicans say no. I think it's important to remember, I mean, how long were we talking about infrastructure week and getting an infrastructure bill passed 
under um, uh, Trump's presidency, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Republicans have been behind uh, the idea of an infrastructure bill for a while, but now because it's tied to Biden and Democrats and it's seen as giving them a huge win, oh, well now, you know, we, we, we don't support it. We can't be against it because we've become so, I don't know, tribalized in our, in our politics that if it's anything exactly. that gives Biden and Democrats a win, it's bad. Well, and I, you know, I think on, you know, conversely that, you know, yeah, it's, this could be politically tough in the Republican, I guess there's a primary technically <laughs> at this point, <Yes. laughs> uh, you know, Grassley may have to answer questions, but it's easy to defend that vote. I mean, all the things that he listed, all of the things that you talk about, but then, you know, Ashley Henson and Marionette Miller Meeks voted no. I think that's the tougher explanation. It's like, did you did you vote no because you knew Trump didn't like it? Did you vote no because you knew the Republican donor base didn't like it? What about your constituents? And, and you know, soon, you know, this is a long-term bill, but you know before the election there's going to be infrastructure projects announced in their districts that are going to receive federal funding. And, I mean, they're going to face questions about that. So I don't know that that's a big deal, you know, going forward, you know, campaigns take twists and turns, but I think it's far more complicated and difficult to explain why you voted against this bill that is so obviously beneficial to your district and the state. Yeah. Well, and and it it puts uh, those Republicans who like Ashley Hinson and Marionette Miller Meeks in an awkward position when people say like, well, but Senator Grassley voted for it. Uh, You know, and and who's more Republican than Senator Grassley, you know? So uh, yeah, I think it might be hard for them to explain that vote when people look around and say, but you know, what about those 23% of bridges that are deficient? What about, you know, the project that we want to see finished? Uh, You know, so yeah, that will be an interesting uh, dialogue on the campaign trail. Also, uh, what might be interesting, Tom, is uh, that uh, Democrats, again, have called out 2nd District Republican Marionette Miller-Meeks over discrepancies in her financial disclosure reports. Uh, she seems to be able to count to six her margin of victory last year, but according to the DCCC, has trouble with larger numbers. Um, without making us wish we had taken accounting, um, can you explain what this is all about? Yeah. So um, Miller Meeks and a Tumble Republican recently filed an amended financial disclosure report after the Iowa Democratic Party filed an ethics complaint asking for an investigation over her failure to file a complete and accurate uh, financial, disclosure, financial disclosure report. The uh, Iowa Democratic Party argued the um, ophthalmologist uh, representing Southeast Iowa's 2nd Congressional District uh, omitted information and failed to disclose um, relevant information regarding her finances. Um, Miller Meeks uh, initially filed a two-page uh, report back in August that um, listed no assets or liabilities, including assets that she previously disclosed in 2019 as a candidate um, that included things like her state pension, a money market fund, retirement account, stocks, and then income from uh, Great River Health Systems, um, uh, her previous employer, uh, which she all listed in 2019, but didn't list in 2020. And so the um, the Iowa Democratic Party, you know, pointed to Federal Election Commission records that showed Miller Meeks loaned her 2020 campaign $95,000 in March of, of 2020 and $100,000 in October of 2020, asking 
where did the money come from? You know, according to your disclosure report, you don't have any assets, but the money had to have come from somewhere, right? Um, the only financial information that she listed on that initial um, uh, 2020 uh, disclosure report was um, her uh, $100,000 salary as a member of Congress, although she didn't start the job until January of 2021, um, and then a, a deferred compensation payout from um, from her previous employer, um, Great River Health System. So a, a spokeswoman for Miller Meeks um, uh, at the time, back in September, um, said that she didn't have any outside income, including from IRAs or 401ks, and that uh, it, she didn't have any uh, outside income that she would re be required to report on the form. Lo and behold, with this amended uh, report that she filed um, recently, uh, she reported receiving um, a, a combined nearly $264,000 in salary from uh, Great River Health System. Um, and then she also reported um, receiving her um, salary from the state of Iowa um, for her time serving in the Iowa Senate. Um, the report um, also um, found that she had up to $1.36 million in uh, retirement accounts and total assets worth up to about more than um, $2.6 um, between her and her husband. Um, and so, you know, asked why she claims not to have any income that she subsequently reported. Um, her office said uh, that uh, there was, quote, a simple misunderstanding with regards to what was required to be disclosed, end quote. And that once made aware of the issue, the Congresswoman began working with the House Ethics Committee to fix it. Um, you know, Democrats have come out saying that Miller Meeks lied to Iowans in the press in an attempt to hide millions in assets. Um, and that she may have violated a House ethics rule prohibiting members of Congress from earning outside income above a, a set threshold. And that Iowa Democrat, and that had Iowa Democrats not forced her to turn over the information, her assets would have remained hidden. All right. There's going to be a quiz on that later. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I mean, obviously, the Democrats want to make an issue of this, but uh, do you think it has legs? Um, to be to be honest, I I don't think it does. Um, you know, I, I think what this boils down to um, is just um, reporting errors and issues. Um, you know, not you know, maybe failing to understand the reporting requirements and, and um, you know, how to fill out the report and what gets reported where and in what section. And, you know, when you say current year, you know, what does that mean? The reporting year is for 2020. So is the current year 2020 and the preceding year 2019? Or are we supposed to report, you know, 2021 year to date? So the, anyway, I, I, there's... There's enough arguments here to say that, you know, look, this is this is just an issue of having to, to, to clear up the reporting and and um, and, it, it, you know, it doesn't look like she's got, um, you know, any assets that um, are really going to pose a, a conflict of interest or, you know, some sort of ethical violation or, or uh, you know, substantial <clears throat> rules violation. All right. Well, if it does, we'll talk about it on a future edition of On Iowa Politics. If you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Send fan mail 
to podcast at thegazette.com. And you can find us on the homepages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City Globe Gazette, Waterloo, Cedar Falls Courier, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Craig Erickson will take us out. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file and subscribe to On Iowa Politics. For Aaron, Todd, Tom, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. Be well. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of help New design but divine Even venture the thought of day.